11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Junior Burgos. Junior, how's it going? Everything's going well. Thanks for, for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Let's just go back in time a little bit. What was your first memory of playing soccer? Um, my first memory, I think it was uh, when I was about three, four years old. I remember that's when I first joined an official team. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was just excited to to be a part of a team and to compete, I feel like that was my first memories of, uh, of how everything kind of started. Yeah, so you were born in El Salvador. What age were you when you moved to U.S.? Yes, I was born there, uh, and I moved here when I was 12 years old. Okay. What was it like playing soccer there, and then, like, when you came here, like, what was the difference? Uh, it was, you know, it was a very interesting change. Obviously, it's, you know, I had a obstacle of language because mm-hmm. I didn't speak any English. So, you know, when I came to the U.S. Uh, and I joined a team here, it was kind of tough for me to speak to my teammates and kind of understand what, you know, communicate with them. So I was really an obstacle. And I think the culture was so different as well. Uh, I was used to playing in the best teams in El Salvador and competing. And you know, I hated losing at the young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like when I came to America, you know, sometimes we would lose 4 5 zero, and nobody really had any emotions. It was mostly like, it was like a party, you know, like at the end of the game, everybody would bring food and kind of be like a potluck. Like, you know, they give you oranges and juices and it was almost like a celebration to like us losing 4-0. Whereas in like, you know, where I came from, I think losing was really bad and, you know, like you didn't want to lose. Like, you know, we would cry when we lost. So <laughs> the change was a lot different. And I think in cultures, I feel like over there, it's mostly like they expect you to win and they expect results even at the young age. And I feel like here is more like kind of like recreational, kind of for fun, just to have new friends and stuff like that. Yeah. And then going into high school, what was your recruiting process like for colleges? Yeah. So um, after high school, I uh, I was actually 16 years old and I um, had this opportunity to go to a sporting Lisbon mm-hmm. on, a, on a trial pretty much. And um, so I had decided to skip college where I had, at the time I had like a couple of scholarships from different schools, but I just, I, you know, I was very keen on going to Europe and, and becoming a professional. Unfortunately, because of a lot of, of my situation with my paperwork at the time, my parents decided that it wasn't good for me to leave the country, not knowing if I would be able to return. Yeah. And last minute we kind of changed our mind and, uh, decided to reach out to the schools that had offered me a scholarship. Obviously, some of them already moved on because it was late in the process. Mm-hmm. But I was able to go to San Jose State for my first two years of college, mm-hmm. play there for two years, 
and then I transferred out to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo for the last two years of my uh, college career. Yeah, so you're actually the first soccer player that I interviewed that uh, transferred. So could you take me through your decision on that? Yeah, so you know, I mean, I, you know, San Jose State for me was was a was a great place. Obviously, uh, you know, in the Division One standings, it's not a UCLA and it's not a you know a UNC or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to you know win. Obviously, I wanted to compete at the highest level to give me an opportunity to uh, to be able to get you know a look in the in the draft, etc. So we decided that, uh, you know, Cal Poly was a, another school that was really, it was between Santa Clara and Cal Poly at the time. You know, Santa Clara was a top 25 uh, ranked school, but Cal Poly also was a place where I felt like the coach, uh, you know, he really liked me and he was building something special there. And, uh, you know, they would really get a lot of fans in every game, which is, you know, probably one of the only schools in the country that would attract more than, you know, six, 7,000, 8,000 fans a game. So I feel like that was something really special. And I just thought that it would be a better fit for me. And like I said, it would give me a better opportunity for me to move forward to the MLS. Yeah. And so I did that. And the process was not hard. I mean, I had to make sure that I had to take specific classes in order to get into the school because to get into Cal Poly is really difficult. But once I got in, then, you know, I think it was a great decision that I made. Yeah, so then you were on the U23 Chicago Fire team, and then you got drafted 2011. What was that experience like getting drafted? Yeah, for me, uh, it was really special because... uh, you know, no Cal Poly player in the history of the program had ever gone to an MLS combine. Mm-hmm. I was the first one, so I knew that going into it, I just wanted to represent my school the best way I could. I wanted to make sure that when I left, you know, I left a mark. And so going into the MLS combine, obviously you have 100 players or 80 players, and, you know, it's difficult to kind of show your skill in two days and play, you know, you play four games and with people that you don't know and, you know the pressure, etc. So it's a it's a very unique situation, I think, that MLS Combine. But you know, luckily I was able to get drafted into Toronto FC, and like I said, I became the first player in my school history to ever be drafted and to ever sign a professional contract in Major League Soccer. Which for me, that was a mm-hmm. that was really special. So at the end of the day, I felt like going to Cal Poly really did help me position myself for that opportunity. And then after that, I. You know, and luckily I was able to perform at the right times and, and earn a contract, which was, uh, was, was special. Yeah, then what was your first MLS game like? Yeah, my my first, uh, well, you know, I went to Toronto FC. That year we were we were really struggling. We, we kind of lost eight games in a row. And it was a difficult time to be a rookie in that locker room mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of... You know, there's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure and, you know, there's a, there was a lot of fights and, you know, people didn't get along and uh, it was difficult to be a rookie in that locker room. But at the same time, I feel like I learned so much in that experience because it kind of, it was a very unique situation, you know, to go eight games in a row without winning a win. And, uh, you know, it was tough, but I learned a lot. When I debuted in MLS, it was really cool. I, uh, I remember I was against Columbus Crew, mm-hmm. and I came on for Julian de Guzman, and uh, it was a great time. I just knew that it was something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. It was a dream, and being able to debut in MLS was a dream come true. So I thought I played really well and uh, kind of set myself up for what was coming next. Yeah, and then I, I saw you went overseas after that. What was that experience like, and what was the decision to go uh, overseas? Yeah, 
yeah, it, you know, obviously, like I said, I think the cultures are completely different, you yeah. know. And uh, in Europe, it's a, it's a lot different than here in, uh, in America. And I kind of found out that the level there was a, it's a very high level. And uh, it was a great experience for me. Like I said, I think that it's always important for a player to kind of move and go see different cultures and different levels of soccer because uh, if you only stay in one place, you're kind of blinded by it. And you kind of don't really understand uh, and recognize like how you can improve as a player unless you kind of have a different perspective of what soccer looks like in another country. And uh, for me, it was, like I said, it just helped me, it helped me grow so much as a player. And uh, it was a beautiful experience. Yeah, and I know you're on the El Salvador national team. Um, what does it mean to you to rep your country? Yeah, um, it's, it's probably the biggest honor I've had in, in my career. I think representing my country, it is special. You know, I'm, I'm still on the national team, and the, it's a huge year for us. We are going to start the, the road to Qatar, so we're going to start playing the, the World Cup qualifiers to try to, you know, make it to the World Cup. I feel like for me, it's it's going to be a, the biggest year yet mm-hmm. uh, because of that. Uh, you know, we have the Gold Cup that we just drew. Uh, we have Mexico and Curaçao in our group. So that's also another tournament that is coming up. And, I, you know, we're, everyone's really excited about it. But for me specifically, I just, it's been an honor to be able to represent my country. You know, we have a small country, but mm-hmm. there's, there's Salvadorian people all over the, the United States. And everywhere I go, there's always a flag. And, and it's it's just it's just it's just been great to to be able to play for my country to be able to meet so many people and uh, it's you know like I said it's it's helped me grow so much. Yeah, and then I know this year has been crazy, but what's it been like this year playing for uh, the Las Vegas Lights? Yeah, you know it's it's been a tough year for everybody, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it's something that I never would have thought in in my lifetime that we would we would be living. But I think at the end of the day. Uh, so that people are kind of starting to learn how to live with the virus, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, it, you know, soccer-wise is not the same. I think empty stadiums don't really, it doesn't really, it takes away the essence of what the game really is to be able to play in front of fans and, and what being a professional means, you know. Yeah. almost seems like you're just kind of playing at the park with your friends. <laughs> yeah. and it's, uh, it's really tough, you know. It's really tough to, as an athlete, to, you know, to make sure that you stay motivated to try to be a professional as much as you can. But for me personally, I know that Las Vegas Lights has a huge fan base and I feel bad, you know, that they're not able to watch us to come support us because I honestly think that they're like a 12 men to our team. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the results that we have not gotten, you know, our way, I feel like with, with them, you know, supporting us at home, could have kind of changed that situation. But, you know, I just, it's been tough, you know, in, in general. I think that there's a lot of competitions that are not able to happen because of it, but... You know, I just try to stay positive as much as I can, hoping that it does go away soon and that, you know, we can have fans in the, in the stands. But, you know, like I said, being thankful as Vegas this year, it's been a unique situation. It's, it's been a tough year for us, uh, results-wise. We've had, uh, you know, two different coaching changes. You know, we have a pandemic and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So I don't think those are excuses, but... You know, we've just been like one step away from being a great team and, and from getting the results that, that we really think that we deserve. But, you know, it is what it is. This is football. And uh, I've enjoyed my time here in Las Vegas for sure. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one on one? Now you can with B Pro by Perfect Soccer. 
Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. All right, are you ready for the five Quincy questions? Let's do it. What's the most important skill or quality that made you successful as a pro player? I think professionalism. All right, I like that. What's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making? They're not taking the right opportunities. All right. What advice would you give a young player trying to make a pro league? Um, just to be ready to be able to uh, understand rejection, to be able to understand that in the soccer world and the professional soccer world. And just like in, in life in general, it's all based on, a, on an opinion of one person that makes the decisions. And just like coffee, you know, he might not like this certain coffee, he might not like the other, but it doesn't mean that it's not good. So mm-hmm. just being able to understand that rejection is a thing and, and not to get too down on it. Instead, just to keep working hard that the door eventually opens up if, if you stick to it. All right, these next two could either be soccer-related or, or life-related. What's something okay. that most people think is true that you believe isn't? Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, okay. I think a lot of people think that having coffee late at night doesn't allow you to sleep, and I think that that's false. <laughs> All right. I like that. <laughs> uh, what about what's something you would move forward with uh, if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well? Uh, I guess uh, change of career. All right. What would you want to do? I always want to be an architect. Oh, okay. That's dope. Yeah. You ready for some fun questions? Let's do it. Who's one player like anywhere in the world that you would want to do a jersey exchange with? Um, Rick Hellman. All right. What do you like to do in your free time? I like to read and play golf. All right. And re- drink coffee. Drink coffee. <laughs> I'm a big coffee drinker. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could tell. I could tell. <laughs> uh, are you reading any books right now? Yes, I am. I am reading Mind Gym. What's, it, what's that about? It's mostly about like uh, uh, just a, you know, stories about like professional and like professionals in the game and mm-hmm. how they cope with uh, you know failure and success and you know like you know being able to like uh, be have you know high self esteem and all this stuff that an athlete needs to be able to be successful. All right, I like that. Last one. Um, what's something people don't know about you? Uh, a lot of people don't know that I'm, you know, that I was born and raised in El Salvador, and mm-hmm. I came to America when I was twelve. Everyone thinks that I was born and raised here, and mm-hmm. and that English is my second language, you know. <laughs> I got <gotcha. laughs> Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the listeners know where they could follow you on social media? Yeah, I'm I'm a uh, junior, so J U N I R Burgos B U R G O S one zero, and those are all my my media, my social media outlets. All right, again, I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck the rest of the season. I know you only got a few games left. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, and um, thanks for everyone that's listening to your show. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. 
You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today.